All right. By the way, Diego, do you mind swearing or no? Should we, should we just use the clean, friendly intro? I don't give a shit. We're always in our clubhouse getting high. It's the Rebel Taxi Pizza Party Podcast on YouTube.com, and I'm Pan Pizza. Who are you, people? I'm Izzy. Hey, I'm Jim. And our guest is... Ego Milano. Close enough, I think. <laughs> oh, I thought I, I you said Ego Milano. I don't know. Oh, did it cut off? I, I don't it, know. It, it did sound a little bit like Ego, like Lego my Ego. It's another one I used to hear. Lego oh, Mayaga, sorry. Diego. I, didn't, I know no, what it's all good. I don't oh, now. <laughs> I, I never minded any of those things. Go yeah, Diego, go. Go Daigo. Lego Mayago. Dan, let's talk about all your traumatic experiences as a kid. Tell us, tell us about this, <laughs> Diego. Did this inspire the show, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there's some of that going on in there. What? Ho- you know, who are you exactly, for those who don't know? So my name is Diego, and I have a TV show on Cartoon Network called Victor and Valentino. Uh-huh. What's that about? I never heard of this show. What is this? I don't know who you are. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's only been out four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a baby. <laughs> and uh, it's a show about two half-brothers and learning how to kind of uh, cope with each other. They're very different. One's very impulsive and one's very reserved and thoughtful. And um, they live in this place called Mani Macab, where all sorts of weird things happen. But mostly it's about the myths and legends of Mesoamerican and Latin American folklore. There's a lot to pull from there because you had an Ali Brihe, you had, um, what else did you have? I Because I know there was like the, I'm trying to think, oh, I love the Aztec skater episode. My thing growing up was I love mesoamerican mythology and i've been to the pyramids many many times and um there's certain pyramids that just look like skate parks to me so i was like (laughs) man if skaters would take over this place um it would be great no i think you can uh, skate in one in like underground two so it's fine that they are great yeah it's the final level i know these things Victor and Valentino are brothers. I'm Val. This is Vic. They live in a nice small town with portals to other dimensions. And where ancient spirits come to life. Is that a chupacabra? What's up with that guy? What is that thing? Cartoon Network invites you on a brand new adventure with Victor and Valentino. The adventure begins March 30th on your Cartoon Network. I guess the most generic question is, how did you come up with the idea for the show, Victor and Valentino? No, no, it's it's cool. Um, I came up with it when I was 21. I'm 37 now. In a row? And I was in college and they had me, uh, my major was illustration, so I created these characters. And each assignment, I use these characters to kind of complete each assignment. And slowly they started becoming, uh, having a life of their own. And um, by the end of it, by my senior thesis, or my senior year, I I created this like video game prototype with the characters in them. Um, And they had already have their own backstory and, you know. So it technically started as a video game sort of like a... What was the game? It started like? as a tech demo in the Unreal 2.0 engine. Oh yeah. What was the game like? 
Um, it was inspired by this game called The Lost Vikings. It was an old Blizzard cooperative platformer. And um, each one of the three characters had three different things they can do. There was the one who can run and jump, one of them who can shoot arrows and uh, use a sword, and there was another one who had a shield and can float by using that shield as he jumps off of cliffs and stuff. And so I just kind of used that. I just lifted that idea, made it in 3D, and um, attached kind of this Mesoamerican folklore to it. Is there, children. Is, is there anything left of that? Like, do you have it saved somewhere or any photos? You know, I have about maybe three photographs of it, but um, I'm so mad at myself because back then we, I saved stuff on like, we had just gone to zip disks. Um, oh, and right, and 256 megs was considered huge back Damn. then. Um, and so it was spread across a bunch of these zip disks. And being 21, I didn't give a shit about anything back then. And I never realized that I was going to have a TV show. So I was like, fuck that. And I didn't really care. So it's lost somewhere. Damn. I don't know. A- I, I tried contacting my old school to see if they have copies of it. But I graduated in 04. So I doubt it. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So it basically just started out as a like a, a copy of a Blizzard game that I, I remember. I mean, I was thinking it's one of those Blizzard games nobody remembers, like uh, Rock and Roll Racing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, uh, later on, Four Swords kind of used it. And then um, uh, there's, a, there's another uh, Zelda game on the DS that has cooperative stuff. I forgot what it's called. But it's very huh. much like Triforce top Force down. Heroes? Triforce Heroes, yes. Well, that's pretty cool. I, I just hope you can find some sort of like images of like the old games of just like the fact that Victor and Valentino started as a as a video game. But how different were their character designs back then? Assuming you can remember that far. Wait, 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 wait. I actually have another question to add hmm. on to that. Was would, mm-hmm. would you ever want to incorporate that somehow into a storyline for a future episode? Like them getting sucked into it? somehow. I don't know how you could incorporate it into the. Uh, latin american uh stuff but i don't know um oh thank you now 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 i gotta do it oh shit i'm sorry well wait do you do it he has that (laughs) one you have the one episode that's like a video game where they go into the temple and it has the um i'm sorry i forget the name of the episode but uh where it looks like that that episode was kind of video game ish yes it was video gamey yeah but um in the way that Izzy's talking about, that would be great where they have to kind of use their individual skill sets to kind of go through obstacles. Um, when I pitched this thing originally, I told them that this was a video game. I told Cartoon Network that it started as a video game. And they they saw the potential in future video games. There's no plans for anything right now. Yeah. Because there's all there's sorts no of... There's no game on the app or anything? There's a game, but it's like a simple... Flash game? Uh, touch game yeah it's a flash game where you kick around a soccer ball it's pretty fun but it's it is not a a detailed or involved video game it's just kind of like a flappy bird kind of thing <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. kind of like a template and they just put the characters on top totally i noticed like a uh, cartoon network usually waits like one or two seasons before they start making any sort of cool merchandise or a video game that's because it takes two seasons to kind of figure out what the show is yeah, you know, even true. even Steven didn't till you know Steven till the end of season two didn't really become the show that it is now. Mm-hmm. So it it just kind of yeah. takes the team, the writing team, and the artists a while to kind of understand what the show is. Then you can kind of take advantage 
the, in the best way, like what the best possible versions of games would be or anything else would be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, right, right now the show is pretty episodic, but uh, I'm assuming the, a plot line is going to kick off since it, it's kind of obvious that there is a plot line somewhere in there. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's there by design when, when um, if you start to kind of, uh, read into some of the things that are happening you can kind of almost put together a thread if you kind of pay attention but um, you know it takes a while for that to happen if it ends up happening because as of right now Cartoon Network is very um, I don't have a season 2 announced or anything so uh, I hope they announce it and if we do get mm -hmm. a season 2 um, then I would like to kind of bring those elements into it. Mm -hmm. That would be cool. Yeah. Hmm. But uh, do you guys have? Do any of you guys have any questions for uh, about Victor and Valentino? But uh, one thing I had to ask is like, um, how do you feel when people just say this is just Gravity Falls but Mexican? Like, kind of like when I hear "Go Diego, go, go, go Diego, go." Oh. I actually don't mind it. <laughs> I actually love it. Because I'm sorry. I didn't mean no, to. No, it's cool. It's like, you know, there are worse things than to be compared to a, a massively awesome series like Gravity Falls. Yeah. You know, if they were to compare it to something crappy, that would suck. Oh, oh yeah. no. It's Mexican. Um, I don't Mexican know. crap. Oh. But, um, no, but because, you know, I love Gravity Falls and um, they're comparing it to something so great like that. That's That's only good news for me. Okay, well, that's true. It, it just takes a while for people to, like, see things as their own thing, because, like, every TV show, I think, has some sort of comparison. It's just easier to explain to someone, you know? Yeah. Totally. Although, whenever someone does say it's Mexican Gravity Falls, uh, I always just tell them, well, Gravity Falls is just American uh, mobile mysteries. There it is. Yeah. Assuming anyone remembers that. And, you know, that that's just in, in general, that's kind of how you pitch in Hollywood, because a lot of the times executives aren't that creative and you kind of have to pull things that they know of already and you kind of have a, to do a kind of mashup. So it's like it's like the it's like the mummy meets Star Wars. And they're like, oh, brilliant. Do it. Space mummies. Mm hmm. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Just bring back Mummies Alive. I like that show. That, that intro was, that was existed. better than That the was show. like a, the, at the tail end of like Team and T ripoffs. Yeah. <laughs> but the, that intro was really great. Do you have a favorite episode so far of Victor and Valentino? I have a favorite episode, but it hasn't come out yet. So I don't know if I, sh I should talk uh, about it. Okay. Well, what has, well, judging by what has come out so far, I think like the first 10 episodes have come out. Oh, so, the, the, so the 14 have come out. The, the last four have come out in the app. Mm -hmm. And my oh, yeah, favorite yeah. one of the first 14 is one called The Collector. If you guys haven't mm -hmm. checked out The Collector, that that's that episode is probably most uh, the best example of what the early show or the you know season one. It, it's like a really good example of what the show is. It, it hits all the elements. It hits the uh, the brotherly relationship, the mm -hmm. um, the mystery, and also the horror. Hmm. Because this will at some point. Um, become pretty horrific. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because right now it seems a little more character based, but I guess like eventually like the horror stuff is going to be a bigger part of the show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. It's going to become pretty pretty horror horror for children. Oh yeah. Yay. All right. Here's a question. Uh, so because right now you guys are further in production, and so you're probably in the later half of the season. 
Um, what are things that uh, you wish you could have incorporated in the characters early on that they kind of morphed into now? Um, well, one thing that I, I, I kind of, maybe I'll do down the line, but originally, like I said, since this was based on the Lost Vikings, or mechanically based on the Lost Vikings, um, there was a third brother um, originally, and his oh, name was Vicente. So it was Victor Valentino and Vicente. <laughs> oh. And then and, he became president. <laughs> um, but he was like the smallest one of them all, but the oldest. And he already had a mustache. And he was no. the one who kind of called all the shots. And he was kind of like uh, a little bully. Is he? Um, are you saying we're the... going to get a six ranger? Oh, shit. <laughs> right. Um, so eventually I'd like to bring him back. Yeah. Is he currently like stuck in like the attic or something like a Hugo from the Simpsons? Yeah. Well, <laughs> he will be now. Oh, I'm sure Victor and Valentino give him scraps of food to eat every so often. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. But I think my favorite episode of Victor and Valentino is the one where, uh, where, where you guys do suerte, but it's actually, but yeah. it's really just loteria. Suerte. I bought it at Maria Teresa's garage sale for a day just like today. I can't believe you bought something off those weirdos. Oops. Remember, Tata. You break it, you buy it. Hello, Charlene. I'm looking for something for my nietos. For Victor and Valentino? I have just the thing. Suerte. It's Loteria. Is Loteria like trademarked or anything? Totally. It was. It's a uh, trademark trademarked by Milton Bradley. It is. They they bought the rights a while ago. I know. I I was shocked myself because it's such a damn such a part of Mexican culture and it's pretty old. Yeah, I thought that'd be in the public domain by now. No, you know those those smart lawyers at Milton Bradley they just snatched it up. Damn. So that's why. I, did you try to use the original names for the? for Absolutely. the Loteria things oh man we actually we went pretty far into it like we boarded the whole thing and it was ready to go and then they were like up oh, actually change everything oh. oh man lawyers are pretty good at that didn't they like wasn't there a couple of different things like didn't disney try to do day of the dead or something yeah, yeah they, they tried to copyright the word day of the the words day of the dead and dia de los muertos yeah that's pretty weird it's like you know damn it's pretty it's pretty rude of them yeah that's a really nice way of saying it (laughs) (laughs) yeah so how far i don't know how many changes did you have to make that way that lawyers won't uh you know sue you guys because i noticed some of the cards are a little somewhat similar but not really oh yeah they're they're all changed all the names are changed so um you know just just enough so that we don't get called on it I, I really liked that episode. I, th- I thought it turned out pretty good. Do you watch any other Mexican cartoons like Mucha Lucha or El Tigre? Yeah, I mean, when it was coming out, I used to watch El Tigre. And Jorge has been a cool mentor to me, you know, because he's, he's waded these waters before. And being a Latino creator, back then, it, it, there were certain things that, you know, you had to kind of deal with. I think nowadays it's a little easier, but still just having that dude in my corner just kind of giving me a heads up on what may or may not come up is really cool of him. By the way, how did you get into the animation industry? So I interned at Titmouse. Um, they're an uh, animation studio at in Hollywood. Um, and uh, 
I was I went so I was living in Baltimore, Maryland, and my friend who was, was working on the Transformers movies was like, "Why don't you like?" I was living in Baltimore after college, and there was nothing happening. I was making like menus for for Mexican restaurants and doing graphic design, and it wasn't really nothing was really happening. So my friend who was already working in CG, he was he was rigging on the Transformers movies. He was like, "Why don't you just come over, sleep on my couch?" take a class in CG and then I will try to get you a job on the next Transformers movie so you can make some money and, you know, just kind of have a career. Wait, wait, wait. And I just want to like stop rigging on the Transformers movie. Those rigs got to be impossible. It's all, like, it's all smoke and mirrors. Really? Yeah, it's all like uh, you, rig the, you rig the robot so that it moves like, you know, like a human, but it doesn't actually turn into a vehicle. Um, mm-hmm. it, at it's some all fraud. Point, yeah, there n- none of those parts fit into any other part. Damn. <laughs> wow. I, know, oh, I mean, like, I, I kind of I know enough about it to know that, like, that there's two separate models and they kind of fade into each other and such. Yeah, they just fade uh, in. Yeah, yeah, because like <laughs> it's more obvious with like Transformers Prime and the um, the CGI shows when it's on a smaller budget. Um, but I just imagine still some of the stuff moving around would have been really complicated. Just all, it's just a lie Michael Bay has created. Just a <laughs> fraud. There are no real Transformers. That's not real. Pam, Wait, please the... tell me you didn't think there were real Transformers. I want to believe. Something cool about the Transformers movie, the original one from the 80s, um, my current animation supervisor, his name is Peter Chung. He uh, created Eon Flux. Um, he actually animated that uh, part in Cybertron before the the logo comes comes on and the and the music starts. He actually animated um, that sequence. Um, so, oh, I didn't uh, know. It's that. really I'm really lucky to have that dude on my show because wow, I used I to. I didn't know he was working on that show. Yeah, he's he's my animation supervisor, so he does the timing and the and the. Uh, the sheets he's sheet timing i was wondering where oh. peter chung's been because like the last i heard of him he was like doing he was teaching at some school still doing that okay yeah he's still doing that he, he teaches at different schools but um you know he's work. he's been working on different things he, he did this thing called fire breather oh yeah i remember ago. that yeah the cg show on the cg movie that aired on yeah. Cartoon network like once and never again yeah yeah um, he, he did win an uh an some awards for design for character design and storyboarding there mm-hmm. but yeah. um, no I, it's really surreal to have Peter Chung on my show yeah. and have him help me on stuff and he like suggests story points sometimes and he suggests designs and um, he basically tells me I suck all the time <laughs> just to get better oh man yeah it's a tough love from Peter Chung but oh. it's all worth it yeah. I, I learn a lot from that dude I don't hmm. know. Part of me wants to ask, like, is he going to design some sort of creature in here? Because <laughs> he has some no, crazy design. I mean, he um, he's in charge of the animation timing. I know, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it would be nice. I mean, I could ask him, but... Greetings from Montana Cog. This little town is so much fun. Ancient spirits come alive out of alternate dimensions. <laughs> So, um, okay, so you were, he suggested you to learn class, like take a CG class and help get you into a oh, transformer. Yes. So I, so I took, yeah, so I, so I was taking modeling classes at the Noman School for Visual Effects. And um, while I was there, my teacher saw my drawings and he was like, 
hey, your drawings kind of look better than your 3D models. Why don't you try to go do into 2D animation instead of 3D? <laughs> a little backhanded, but okay. Yeah, kind of. Um, but it worked out. So he was like, there's, there's a place called Titmouse down the street. Why don't you go try an intern over there? So I did. And um, I interned for a long time. I interned for like maybe six months. And while I was there, um, I learned a lot from a lot of people. I was almost 30 when I interned. I was an old ass intern, you know, with 19 year olds ever around me. You kind of mentioned that the age, cause like I'm hitting 29 myself and I'm, I'm technically an animator. I do web show stuff and I've always, eventually I plan on moving to one of the coast or something to pursue my career a little bit further. Um, but right now things, I'm pretty happy where I'm at, but I, I'm like, oh, but I'm also 29 and that's starting to get kind of like creepy. Like I'm like, uh, can you get into an industry once you're 30? Question mark. Absolutely. 30 is young. Mm-hmm. You're still super young. You, I mean, that's what I learned. It's not really, uh, you know, if you're good, you're good. And you're in, if you're good, you'll be in demand and you'll have a job. Yeah. I don't have to worry about getting old. Hopefully. What? Yeah, yeah Pan's immortal. Oh. I mean, you just kind of have to keep because everybody. Th- I think there's a thing when we were younger that like people think, oh, you had that time, and if it didn't work out by the time you were 21, that's, you had to I mean, back it up. But that's like, like acting. It's not like you're an actor. Yeah, or but a I mean, dancer where your body deteriorates and you can't do it anymore. As long as yeah. you're, you can hold a pencil. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Oh, there's all their alternatives. I mean, like, yeah. I I feel like I'm always encouraging people who are around my age, like, hey, man, you don't have to, like, just stop because, you know, you don't have as much time or, you know, you don't think you can do it anymore. You can still, like, you can still draw, just, like, work at it every day, and you can eventually, like, make something. So it's, like, I don't know. It's I mean, I I get that it's hard. It's always hard. But I think, like, if you just, like, encourage people. I always say take classes instead of going to college, honestly, because the cl- if you know that you want to do storyboarding, take a class in storyboarding. If you want to do a character design, you want to be a character designer, take character design classes. But but don't throw away $200,000 in loans and then just owe for the rest of your life. Because many of the people that I know that are really good only took classes and didn't actually uh, go to college or university. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's also because when they make a curriculum, it's a general curriculum. And if you are being doing something very specific, it's a lot better to like curate your own thing. And uh, I think that's like, sometimes that works out better for you. You know, I mean, you don't, some people do need that, but other times it might be a waste of your time and you're still paying off that debt 40 years. Yeah. That's why I said, if you know that you want to do a if you want to be a designer and you like drawing cool characters, then take classes in character design or storyboarding if you want to do storyboarding. But if you're not sure, then yeah, you should probably Mm-hmm. especially because most colleges um with the trade shows being kind of a exception a lot of them are just like you learn a specific small part in like three months and then you never touch it again in la- the next like two or three years and it's really hard to learn that way oh absolutely, absolutely yeah but anyway so so yeah so i was taking classes and then i went to titmouse and um i interned there for a long time and i i learned fast i'm a fast learner so i learned how to animate I learned how to design. I learned how to storyboard. And by the time I was done, um, I had kind of done every facet in animation. 
including backgrounds and color and after effects. Um, so when I went over to Cartoon Network and I started working on other shows and I started pitching my show, I kind of knew already just by being around the environment and just kind of asking questions and budding up to people and being kind of nosy, but you know, you, you learn a lot, you know, you learn a lot just being around, um, artists of different disciplines. So I was pretty much ready to go by the time I got my TV show. Mm -hmm. What did you work on before, uh, uh, Victor and Valentino, any Cartoon Network shows? Yeah, so I was right before I was on Victor and Valentina, I was on a show called OKKO okay oh, yeah. by Ian Jones Cordy. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I learned a lot from him. And of course, he was on Steven Universe and Adventure Time before that. And Wait, so, who is he? Ian Jones Cordy. He's the creator Shush. of OKKO. Okay <laughs> Shut up, Izzy. <laughs> Jim was roommates with the guy. Oh, cool. Yeah, I know. I know Ian from way back. We did a yeah. okay. we did a cartoon together called Knock Force forever ago. Okay, sweet. I, I um, forgot who I was talking to who was freaking out saying, "Wait a minute, that's Jim from Knock Force." I forget who recently. Oh, oh, that's cool. Cool for them. I but don't you, remember. You worked on uh, Black Dynamite for a while. It seems. Mm -hmm. I, I worked on both seasons of Black Dynamite, and that's where I got most of my education because the showrunner was really kind, and he kind of took me under his wing and showed me the ropes. Um, and that was the show that I did the most on. So I did mm -hmm. um, backgrounds, color, character design, storyboards, a little bit of writing, and some After Effects. Well, you did character designs on, on Black character Dynamite? Design. Yeah, character design, <laughs> background been... design, color design. Yeah, that must have been really hard because Black Dynamite is probably one of the best-looking shows, like on <laughs> just in general animation, TV animation. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it 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 really was hard actually because I was answering to this. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of Lashawn Thomas, but um, mm. he was my kind of uh, supervisor, and he was kind of like a Pi May, um, Bill, where. It was just, I brought him a drawing and he was like, nope, do it again. Oh. Nope, do it again. Nope, do it again. And Damn. through that process, it, I just kind of learned how to be, how to not suck really fast. Because <laughs> oh. I didn't, I didn't want to get fired. Yeah. So um, I just kind of rose to the occasion. Um, and I kind of taught myself through sheer will how to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that, just... it was a very hard learning curve. Yeah that, yeah, that show just looks ridiculous. Like, I can't imagine just working on that. It's just too much shading. It's just like, whoa. How is this on a TV budget? Absolutely. There's another artist on there that I learned a lot from. His name is Chase Connolly. Mm -hmm. Chase Connolly uh, was responsible for a lot of the character designs as well. Um, but a lot of the special poses, like, it uses this old, these old kind of comic booky splash punches and kicks where mm -hmm. it's a still image. Yeah. And it kind of drifts a little bit. Um, yeah. I learned a lot from him as well. And it has a very specific shadow treatment, just like Redline, this other anime, this like racing anime called oh, Redline. Yeah. And we just kind of lifted that style, the dark shadows and thick outlines. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's freaking... I mean, that show took seven years to make. I mean, that movie took seven years to yeah, make. Red, so Redline's an awesome movie. That's yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Just like I, I know, Motor City was also one of the inspirations for Redline. 
Just it, like, it was, yeah. yeah. That was Chris Chris Pernosky's, um baby. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And also Zach Bellissimo an- animated on that. Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah, I think I first followed Zach when he uh, was tweeting about uh, on t- Tumblr, posting about his work on um, on Motor City. Uh, yeah. No, I learned a lot on Black Dynamite. What uh, is that all the shows you worked on prior? Oh, no. Um, the first the very first show I worked on, the very, very first one was the first pilot of Major Laser. Oh, um, Yeah. Uh, it wasn't the ADHD one. It was the Titmouse one that never hmm. got picked up. Is, but, is it um, online? Like the pilot? You no, know, I, I tried to find it, and I couldn't find it. Hmm. So um, it's a lost pilot I, now. It's a lost pilot. I had it at one point, but I don't have oh. it anymore. And what's funny about that pilot was it was animated on fours and fives. Hmm. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, so it was very herky-jerky, but it, it actually worked to, the, to its advantage. Um, uh, it felt very... Um, 70s Choppy? and comic booky. Ah, because so for explain the fours and fives to those who don't know, because I totally know what that is. Yes, I know what it is. So animation is done on twos, and it means normally when you watch a TV show, it's 24 frames per second. Um, so on a normal TV show in live action, you're seeing movement every single frame of those 24 frames. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're animating, you tend to draw on twos. That means every other frame. So there's 12 drawings a second um, instead of 24. Yeah. And so anytime you see uh, one second of animation, that's 12 drawings. But on um, Major Laser, it was on fours. So there was just three drawings. Maybe. But a lot of the, like the DC Universe ones where it was like, they just took comic books and slightly moved them, kind of like paper cutouts. I think it was a little bit like that. Yeah, some sort of motion comic sort of thing. Yeah, motion comic-y. But I learned, uh, yeah, I was interning on that. And then um, there was I was doing some of the animation. There was a Batman game. I forgot what it was called. Um, but it was on the first Xbox. Um, I forgot mm-hmm. what it But that's where I met Jeremy Polgar and... He was working on this really cool scene of these like Joker characters shooting machine guns. Oh, I think um, it's um, Gotham City Imposters. That yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> you know that? Like nobody knows that game. I, I remember it existing, and that's all. It kind of just like faded out of existence. It's kind of like Team Fortress Two, but with like uh, yeah. Batman and Joker wannabes. Really, with Joker gangs and Batman gangs. Yeah. I know they made also like a short for the DC Nation block. They did? Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, uh, the DC Nation had a lot, a lot of strange like uh, shorts that no one seems to talk about. And I kind of want to do a video on the DC Nation as a whole. Oh, they had the Ardman short, right? The Ardman? Stuff. Ardman animation? Yeah, they did some oh. stuff for that. <laughs> the, that stuff was really cool. I mean, I know that's where Teen Titans Go came from, but the Ardman shorts were really neat. I, I really love those. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I see that uh, you also worked on the new Powerpuff Girls show. You're a writer uh-huh. and animator. Uh, I was wondering. Yeah. If you wanted so, to tell it. well, after after Imposters, I worked on Super Jail, and then after Super Jail, I worked on this show called China Illinois, and after uh-huh. China Illinois, um, I worked on Black Dynamite, and then after Black Dynamite, I worked on Powerpuff. Damn, you ba- you basically worked on every Titmouse show on Adult Swim. <laughs> <laughs> For yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. At that time, yeah. Um, I used to love China, Illinois. I thought it was hilarious. I was doing assistant animation and backgrounds at that time. Yeah. 
don't know. For China, Illinois, in general, like I, I wish there was more like college-based uh, cartoons out there because the ones that that were there besides China, Illinois, was like undergrads or um, downtowners, and they just cancel so fast. And like, it's weird that there's no audience for that for animation. No, I, I love I love China, Illinois. Uh, Brad Neely was pretty hilarious, and I, I loved all his shorts. Um, but yeah, no. After China, Illinois, it was Black Dynamite, and then I got onto Powerpuff. Um, so Powerpuff was my second time storyboarding. And what, what was the question on for the Powerpuff? Oh, just, I mean, I guess it was more, was it like difficult working on that show? Like, uh, since it's like a reboot and everything like that, or was that just like you didn't consider it at all? Or I don't think it was difficult to work on. Um, I don't know. I just like, that was my second time storyboarding. Um, so I was, I was still learning a lot. I was learning a lot on just like camera direction and, uh, just kind of like the rules of making a cartoon. Yeah. Um, Were you afraid um, to ever look online to see what people were saying about your episode? If you on a Powerpuff, um, I knew right away because the first episode that came out was my, my episode and his episode. And right away it was like, controversy uh, from day one. Oh, and yeah. um, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I don't really care. I, I learned so much from it. Um, I, I wouldn't go back in time and, and not do it. I would do it every time. Okay. Um, I learned yeah. a lot. Um, and I learned what not to do, which is yeah. very valuable. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I think people try to like <laughs> take things too personally when it comes to shows. Like an animator is usually pretty excited to animate, you know, and it doesn't really matter what property. I mean, as long as it's paying Absolutely. the bills and you're uh-huh. learning experiences. Absolutely. Um, but you, I think a lot of fans tend to like, like for example, Barbie's Horse Adventure. Oh, someone, yeah, if someone worked on the game, they're like, I would never work on that. And like, well, you know, it's like, the it's person who worked on it did a Gotta job do it. and it's mm-hmm. going to lead them to another job. And that's just the road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it, there's a general um, misunderstanding on what the business is from fan from the fandom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to clarify why you're saying sorry? No, let's just move on. Hand made a review. Look, it, it of, was uh, Powerpuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Where's that part two coming, buddy? Nah, we're never gonna do that. <laughs> no, I gotta like write a, an apology letter to everyone who's ever worked on that show. Yeah. I got, okay. Okay. Yeah, some, I, I some also, really great people worked on that show. Yeah. I just want to clarify this review that Pan did, uh, shitting on the new Powerpuff Girls, <laughs> created us. A fucking villain for this podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. It's like a, yeah. a Arthanos or something. We had an yeah, arch nice. nemesis thanks to that show. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Well, I'm curious if because you just brought up that a lot of cool people worked on that. If in 20 years I'll look at the list of people who worked on that show, you know, actually the reboot of the Power of Girls is responsible for the following 20 years of Cartoon Network or something. Uh-oh. I wouldn't be surprised, man. Yeah. yeah. So is the Powerpuff Girls reboot the new um, oh, crap? Oh, what's his name? Uh, it's the the show about a giant whale, little kid, oh, angry guy that Flap- sounds like the pirate. Flapjack. Yeah, Flapjack. Where like everyone that's like made something big recently could be like traced back to that show. 
Mm-hmm. We're same. Well, I mean, it's not just Powerpuff. It, it's Cartoon Network in general. I mean, Cartoon Network only pulls from within. Uh-huh. Yeah. Although I feel like one of the most influential shows that it, that it had a bunch of people like branch off from is Rocco's Modern Life because like traces of regular show and um, um, Phoenix and Ferb can be traced back to regular uh, Rocco's Modern Life. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, absolutely. I mean, yeah. That yeah. and, uh, the... same 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 thing with um with flapjack and uh, mm-hmm. what's that other one um chowder yeah yeah um, and dexter and or the mighty um, mouse the new adventures had like half yeah. of what came after came from that show mm-hmm. yeah. it's it's all very incestuous yeah what <laughs> hey <laughs> yeah so going back to our the show about brothers, um, <laughs> I just realized what you did. Sorry, I, yes. I don't know. I didn't have any question after that. I'm just like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. So yeah, I'll just be writing my apology letter to everyone who's worked on the Powerpuff Girls reboot. I, I just think when he brought that up, I was like, in ten years you'll do a video where. So, turns out Powerpuff Girls really important in animation history. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, you never know. <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. I think every show at Cartoon Network is at some point is creating creators right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, you know, that's from true. OKKO to um, We Bear Bears. Uh, it's just, it's not a specific show. It's just how the company works. Uh. Anybody can have a shot at pitching their own show. Stop ruining that, the magic. And, again, everything's a stepping stone. Yeah, yeah it's, it, you know, I learned. To not take anything personally, I think because I came into animation a little bit older, um, I had kind of like a, um, I kind of viewed it a little bit more from a distance and had more of a global bird's eye view instead of being so entrenched and making it so personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a lot of people come in very young. Um, they get really kind of hurt by a lot of stuff, and so I tell people to just kind of separate your your work from you know what people think and as long as you're learning yeah it's a win yeah definitely yeah yeah don't look up any reviews online (laughs) or maybe you should i don't know (laughs) yeah no i don't really care yeah is there like a particular show really into as a kid or that's really influential really influenced me or victor and valentino uh it could be one or the other you know whichever i guess Maybe Victor and Valentino. I think the main one would probably have to be. I mean, it hit right, right when I was the right age for it. It was the original Ninja Turtles. Show about brothers and you know fighting evil and stuff. And <laughs> I was pretty hardcore pretty hardcore Ninja Turtle fan up until it was so funny because I, I can remember the specific day that I lost my um, obsession for the turtles. <laughs> what Be- happened? Because, um, you know, I, they came out, I think it was 19, I think the comic book was like 1985. And then the series came out in 87 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was born in 82. So I was about five years old. And um, I remember 
I watched all of it. I had every single toy. I was pretty obsessed with it. And then I was like 11 years old, something like that. And um, I don't know what the fuck was going on in my head, but I totally thought they were real. And I remember I thought they were my friends and I was like 10 or 11. And I was like, I remember the specific point where I was getting bullied and I was like, ha, little do they know I'm friends with the turtles. They're going to show up. (laughs) Oh, no. And they never showed up. And I got my ass beat and never showed up. And then I, I went around walking around like realizing, wait a minute, animation isn't real? These people aren't real? Oh. <laughs> Magic is dead. Yeah. And you. so I was totally anti-Ninja Turtles. Damn. For, 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 uh, until I became a teenager and then I was like, oh no, maybe animation were, rules. Maybe they were just late, you know? I think they're probably on their way. <laughs> they showed up and they saw your well, you, you know what? Well, you know what kind of made me um, think that they were real is that Pizza Hut had this... Uh, Ninja Turtles concert where they went around to each city. They're coming out of the shells tour. <laughs> and I thought they were gonna come out of the sewers and help me. I'm, I'm, no. I'm like around your age, and I remember I would I, I would try to kids wouldn't believe me that animation wasn't real. They'd be like, dude, I saw Roger Rabbit. It's real. Yeah, right. I, I would always hear that one, and I'd be like, "No, but like these guys I, draw these images, and they go, no, no, I don't want to hear about that.' Is it's I saw Roger Rabbit. <laughs> no one could face the truth. Yeah, no one, man. Just... And they'd say things like, "If you were my friend, you'd believe me." <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. They'd be like, "You'd believe me," because one day I'm going to go to Town. It's in California, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> Goodbye. Then well, you gotta find some sort of like making of animation because I don't know. Give them a VHS tape. You couldn't just show them on YouTube back back then. It would be like these are the lies the media tells you. Don't believe it. (laughs) You got your ass kicked for believing in the turtles. Totally. I have another suggestion for your cartoon. Please for it. I, I need some kind of reference to the fact that you thought the Ditch Turtles were real based off of, uh, uh, based off the Out of the Shell trailer. You need to have like one of the characters obsessed with like some kind of superhero, and part of it is they're on tour for a band. <laughs> yes, please. Oh just... yeah, check it out. Um, See, the turtles there's already are already something a little similar to that, Ooh. but it oh, has boy. to be wrestling. Oh. oh, okay. That that works for me. Yeah. <laughs> this is essentially like the um, episode of Hey Arnold, where um, where Monkey Man is real, but Monkey Man wasn't there to save Sid, and they stole his like Jordans or whatever. Nice. Yeah, that's an episode that existed in time. It's funny you bring up Hey Arnold because um, when I was shopping Victor and Valentino around, mm-hmm. the first place that I shopped it to was actually Nickelodeon. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were ready to buy it. They kind of made me a great offer. Yeah. And then I took it to Cartoon Network, and Cartoon Network wanted to buy it too. Um, and what Cartoon Network warned me was that Nickelodeon tends to kind of change stuff, change the original idea into kind of like there's mm. a lot of chefs in the kitchen story-wise there. Yeah. Because I know um, – um, it- I've heard Adventure Time and Ed, Ed and Eddie were originally going to be on Nick, but they chose Cartoon Network. The same same deal because at Cartoon Network you kind of have carte blanche to do whatever you want. They kind of leave mm. the artists alone. That's um, cool. Um, you don't get as 
uh, big a budget as you do on Nickelodeon shows, but it's cool that you get to do what you want. And But what was interesting about Nickelodeon when they made, made me the offer, it was like, we love Victor and Valentino, but we would like to eliminate the the dead aspects of it, the, the supernatural um, kind of aspect of it and make it kind of like a Mexican Hey Arnold. What? 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 The same show. That's a different show. It's a different show. So I was kind of like, I don't want to do that. That takes the fun out of it. Yeah. So I just went over to Cartoon Network. What the heck? It's like, what if your show was like not your show? And we did that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what if we... We love Danny Phantom, but what if we got rid of the ghost and it was just him in high school? <laughs> That's exactly what that is. I mean, and that happens a lot in Hollywood. Wow. Yeah. We call Danny. Yeah. <laughs> we're just going to take the, the only thing, like, we're going to take the most interesting part about the show that you're excited about and just uh, pretend it didn't. Let's just put it over here. Put it in a well, box. Assuming it was like you, you did go to Nickelodeon, what kind of wacky episodes would these Mexican kids go to? Because... I don't know. They they go get Raspas or they go find a Neo Geo arcade cabinet. That's an yeah, episode. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. It worked out for the best because I just find that so weird. Just like, hey, get rid of the get rid of the thing that actually made it interesting. You know? No, I can imagine. Like, um, I'm pretty sure I forgot his name. The um, the creator of Rocco. Oh, uh, Joe Murray. Yeah, Joe Murray. He has a great book on on animation mm. um, that mm-hmm. I read. It's like how to how to pitch at your own show, which is really good if you guys haven't read it but um i can only imagine the stuff that they told him to take out of the show when he first pitched it oh man yeah because that's the uh, new rock was modern life uh, special it's just like i supposedly it's done but they don't they haven't released it for i don't know for whatever reason maybe it's too vulgar or maybe they're just gonna dump it on a streaming service think that's probably most likely what it's going to be because um a year from now when we know what shows are going to what streaming service whether it's the warner brothers app or whatever the mm-hmm. disney plus app or wherever it's going to end up or hbo yeah. or oaxis um, maybe they, they, they want to have a good lineup yeah well there's always that rumor something's going to happen to paramount so and viacom what? there's always that rumor that paramount's bought or viacom will buy somebody so uh, not that I know any. I'm just saying I've always heard that because they're kind of the in last place and everything currently. So did you say Paramount? Yeah, Paramount and Viacom aren't they all owned by the same? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. so like that's always been the rumor that's going to come in. But um, I kind of they need to make up their mind on what they're going to do with the Nicktoons because they keep acting like. Although there's been movement on the Rugrats CGI human movie, which sounds horrible. Uh, there are other stuff they just kind of hint at, and then like it goes in a drawer somewhere, and you don't know what happens to it. So they need to like use that other stuff. Well, they well once once the uh, the playing field once people know what the playing field is going to be like, um, then you'll you'll hear start to hear more announcements. But it's kind of like flying flying blind. I mean, is it right now like you're not sure what's going on? Is there like a yeah? Sense- there's a bit of that where everything is still up in the air and. You know, we, we don't, nobody knows what to bet on. Yeah, we're in the awkward uh, transition phase. That's totally transition phase. We don't really know even six months from now what things are going to be like. Mm-hmm. I'm super over, I don't like the idea of every company having their own app, especially with some of them are like really ridiculous price for what the quality they're going to give. 
like uh, CBS all access. I kind of want it just to watch Twilight Zone, but it's like, uh, I don't know, six, seven dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's uh, just it, for it, one it, show. Yeah, well, what you do is um, wait till the season is over, pay seven dollars for one month and binge them all and then yeah and then stick it to the man yeah yeah that'll show them i know everyone keeps saying there's going to be kind of cable like thing for streaming services but no one come up with it everyone thought the apple thing was going to be that and it like wasn't so i don't know everyone keeps saying there's going to be this thing and i think no one's actually made this thing everyone's like someone will make it i hope right Hopefully, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it. What you just said reminds me, back in the day when like '80s hair metal was ubiquitous, and then people were saying something needs to come out, something needs to be really fucking loud and brash, and you know, get these guys out of the limelight. Um, and then you can faintly hear "Smells Like Teen Spirit" <laughs> getting louder and louder and louder. I mean, until yeah, I, I can see it happen. I don't know who's gonna do. It. But it's gonna be. I don't know who's gonna do it, but yeah. it's gonna happen, and yeah, it'll be big. Because I worry about the smaller streaming services like Shutter, and things because most people like are gonna do Disney Plus or Amazon or Netflix, and they're gonna have another ten streaming services. But if we had a, a cable like thing, some kid will go over to Shutter, and their mind will be blown by some cool horror movie. So it's like we <laughs> sort of need something like that, just culture wise, or we're all just gonna get really boring is that all for you know what you can say for victor and valentino i don't know if you, you can hint at anything that's coming up ahead um i can i can give you a few hints um mm-hmm. i you know my i'm a big horror movie fan and so as the boys kind of um start to kind of poke and prod and discover um stuff is going to get really horrific um, on the show and there's going to be a lot of nods to uh, the stuff I liked growing up um, mm-hmm. Sam Raimi stuff and oh shit yeah it's going to get it's going to get creepy <laughs> yeah in a good way yeah since you brought up Sam Raimi what's your favorite Evil Dead I would movie? say probably I, I still like part one Evil Dead one oh, okay. mm-hmm. um, something yeah. about the jankiness of it and the kind of, um, you know, not having a budget. Um, those are some pretty genius shots for not having any money. Oh, yeah, definitely. What is some merch that you would love for Cartoon Network to release with your character? The creators don't really have too much of an influence on the merch or um, anything beyond the show itself. But what hmm. I would like, if possible, is, I mean, I would like to be involved in it, but kind of um that's, that's merchandise marketing and merchandising is not done at cartoon network that's huh. more uh atlanta um it's done elsewhere mm-hmm. and i can always suggest stuff but it's not like uh, like they have their own plan and they know statistics yeah. and what's going to sell and like for instance it took uh almost three seasons of steam universe to, to get pop toys to get those funko well, I was asking more what was your wishful thinking. Like, I, I, I didn't really think he'd be like, "Yo, I want these toys. Give them to me." Mm-hmm. But like, what are something that you were really hopeful? Something that I kind of really want to do, uh, it would be fun, is to kind of like partner up with Trejo's Tacos, 
Danny Trejo's. <laughs> yeah. And just have a kids kids meal version of them. <laughs> so just like a McDonald's kind of toy, kind of a cheap made toy, but I would make it cool. <laughs> I would design it myself. Make one of those um, like ball in a cups or uh, those things you spin around and with the chicken on a string. You know really? what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those kind of wooden wooden puzzle toy um, stuff. Yeah, those would be fun. Are you guys? I don't, well, I don't know if you can say, but uh, I'm wondering what Cartoon Network has planned for uh, Comic Con this year. I, I'm not gonna go to Comic Con this year since I got the worst days Thursday and Sunday. But I'm curious what the, their booth is gonna be. Um, you know, I don't know. Um, you know, it took uh, it took a while for Steven and We Bear Bears. I, I I'm not involved in it. I know that much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause I forgot. I think last year was uh, some sort of Steven Universe thing, and I think the year before was OKKO's like uh, uh, Bodega. Oh yeah, I, that was really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, yeah. I, th- I think it'll take a while, if at all, if I last that long. Hmm. Um, any kind of presence at Comic Con. Yeah. Do you guys want to get into the questions to wrap things up? Yeah, sure. Or. If there's any news, uh, I mean, there is news, but it's kind of depressing news. Oh, what? Like what? It's good to be me again. I'm Agent Zero, Master of Disguise. My modular partner Mole and I are part of the secret mystery cracking team known as the Modifiers. Chris R- Riccardi, the uh, co-creator of uh, Modifiers, died. I mean, he's worked on Powerpuff Girls and Ren Stimpy and all sorts of things. And the Modifiers pilot was such a, like, you know, really stylish. And it's a shame that that never got picked up. Diego, did you know him at all? Or? No, I um, I didn't know him at all. But um, I, I know everybody, um, you know, really loved him. And he was cool. And I know, um, I think Zach knew him. Um, yeah, no, that's unfortunate. I, I really love the look of it. It's like. It was pretty, um, pretty beautiful. It's a pretty beautiful show. But he also uh, worked on, I guess it's the Lady and the Tramp reboot that's coming out later. And like Lady Batman, and the Tramp reboot? Or the um, live action one that's going to be on Disney Plus. And, oh, wow. Uh, I didn't know about that. Wander over. Yeah, it's, they're going to, it's, it's a, um, they're going to do like the animal ones just on Disney Plus and it'll be like Babe, but with, you know, rumor with Babe where they just move the mouths and stuff. Um, oh yeah. No, he worked on like there's so many of these things. El Super Bisto, uh, <laughs> um, Shark Tale. Wow, he has like so many. Oh, uh, oh, I think it was Super Secret Mountain Fort Awesome. Oh Damn. yeah. Right. Samurai. The last season of Samurai Jack. Like it's like everything. Tons of stuff. Until Transylvania yeah. Three. Like he he did everything. Here's a here's a fan question. Rai Guy 1999 asks question. Favorite Mexican food chain in America? All um, there is is Taco Bell. That's not Mexican. <laughs> well, look, I don't know any actual Mexican food chains. What, what counts as a Mexican food chain in America? Um, you know, I don't know to be honest. El Pollo um, Loco says Jasmineator. I don't. I don't really eat at chains. Yeah. Look. So okay, my <laughs> favorite. I, I mostly just. Um, took the question because I wanted to describe um, the place near me. There's a Mexican restaurant that's in an abandoned Chinese restaurant building. <laughs> the, the, the restaurant's called Leonardo's Mexican Food. 24 okay. drive drive through. So mm-hmm. it feels like the, like it, it's grabbed all the cultures. 
Oh, man. Yeah, it's Italian, Chinese, Mexican. It's got the American with the uh, drive-thru. Yeah. <laughs> and it's open 24 hours a day. Young me would have thought Leonardo <laughs> would have showed up to help me. Uh, <laughs> nah. It even has turtle culture. I'm sorry. I thought it was Italian, but no. That's funny. No, I, I really don't um, eat at chains. These days, I don't really care. I have so much to do. Um, okay. Do you have any favorite, I don't know, favorite Mexican foods in general or candies? My favorite thing in the world, um, favorite like thing to eat or drink ever is something called pulque. P-U-L-Q-U-E. Mm-hmm. And if you look it up, it's what the ancient Aztecs used to drink. And um, it's part of this, uh, there's this gigantic Jurassic era plant called the maguey plant. Yeah. And um, if you slice it open, slice the core of it, there's this milky substance in the center of it. And it's already, um, it's kind of carbonated. It's kind of like a sweet milk. But um, if you leave it to ferment, it turns into this alcoholic beverage. And it, it really is so, so good. So um, this prehistoric plant is still around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's around Mexico City. And it's still around the pyramids uh, of Teotihuacan. Um, but if you ever go to Mexico, try it. Um, but you have to have it fresh because if you have it where it's like it's been sitting around, it tends to kind of coagulate into this like mucusy substance. Oh, um, you're selling me really... on it right now. <laughs> Just have it fresh when it's when it's more liquidy than mucusy. But it's really really good. And and what's funny about that substance is um, kids used to drink it uh, back in the day because. Uh, you know, the center of Mexico was so far from fresh water. Um, it's yeah. like drinking cactus juice. Um, mm-hmm. And it was naturally alcoholic, so you would have drunk children everywhere. <laughs> oh, will that be in an episode? I mean, the maguey plant will be, but not drinking from it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. Damn. Have you ever tried a, well, I don't know, I guess for Mexican candies, you ever tried Lucas with Hot Cheetos? No. Damn. But that does sound good. I don't know. Back in, I don't know, like in middle school, a lot of kids would just, would, would snort that stuff. <laughs> we thought we were so cool. I didn't do it. They did it. it. It was, you know, it was a different time. There's a Mexican ice cream shop that like has a lot of like spicy things like Flaming Cheeto ice cream and stuff. No. Like literally yeah. just putting Flamo Cheetos on ice cream. <laughs> oh, and like hard. my friend Jake was like, oh, that sounds great. I'm going to get it. And he regretted it. I just keep getting the coffee chocolate because it tastes really good. Mm-hmm. I yeah. do. Um, I don't know if you guys like elote. Just, just oh, corn. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a guy, the elote man in North Hollywood. Um, he's so good. He shows up at night and there's like a two hour line and um, he's been there for like 20 years in the same spot. Yeah. Oh. And you can either have it in a cup or on the cob, but he makes it so good. And you can have some uh, champurrado, which is like a Aztec chocolate that's like mixed with a bunch of cool stuff and some spice. Oh, I'm hungry. Let's, uh, let's go into the next questions, I guess. Um, oh, oh well, while you're looking at questions, hey, Pan, fair warning. Uh, I'm going to be in Texas. Uh-oh. Where, which part of Texas uh, I think Austin. I got. Well, invited. that's like five hours away. I don't count. <laughs> oh, that, 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 
Dang it. Um, I'm, I'm going to RTX. I got invited. Oh, sweet. Yeah, it's just funny that people say, hey, Pan, this thing's in Texas. Why don't you go? And it's like, I I don't think you understand how big Texas is. <laughs> There's a, a lot of great food in, in Austin. You're going to have a good time. Yeah. Go to the Alamo Draft House and eat some buffalo wings because that's when my, where my buffalo wing obsession came from. Oh, really? I was, Yeah, I was watching the movie Hancock and I, the movie was all right, but the buffalo wings were really oh, good. See, now next time I go, I'm going to have to get buffalo wing. I've never gotten them there. I have one near me. Yeah. In Al- Alamo. Oh, yeah. Do you have Wingstop or Buffalo Wild Wings there uh, where you are? I do have a, a Buffalo Wings. I don't see. I'm not a big wings person, but I do go to I, I if there's a movie theater near me, I'm going to go to it eventually. So I, I will most likely just eat it there. No. Yeah. I don't know. But if anything, just go to bu- the yellow building, Buffalo Wild Wings, because th- I love the boneless wings there. I Yeah, I know boneless wings are just glorified chicken nuggets, but I call them exquisite chicken nuggets. They taste really good, okay? So <laughs> Sorry, stop, boneless chicken. Stop judging me. It's really good. You know? I thought you liked it when people judged you. Yeah, I do. SFPD! Uh... Meow? Ah! Ah! Oh, come on. Okay. Hey, so, um, Sonic got a trailer. Yeah. I want to talk about That was sort of a disaster of epic proportions. I mean, look, I honestly want to believe this is all a big conspiracy theory where it's just like, look, they purposely made something so terrible and they only animated what we saw in the trailer while the rest of the movie is actually just going to be a regular Sonic. I want to believe that's the I, case. I, I think they... I mean, I, I know oftentimes when they release a trailer, the the special effects isn't as done as it is when it gets released in theaters, but I think they majorly screwed up. And this project's been doomed since it, like... Didn't another studio get rid of it? Like, Maybe. it was at a different studio, and then... I don't know. I mean, and then it even got into... Detective Pikachu said that he, that the reason it looks worse, Detective Pikachu looks better than Sonic is because Detective Pikachu was shot on film and oh. Sonic was shot digital, which I don't think would make a big difference, but it's a, I mean, maybe if it's a different frame rate. Yeah, maybe. Uh, by the way, Diego, no matter what, every time we have like a legit big guest, somehow we end up talking about Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> That's funny. No, but I, I feel like it's you're going people are going through the same things when they saw the Michael Bay Ninja Turtles and how True. horrific they True. looked. <laughs> Do you want those turtles to help you with the bullies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been God, really, really bad. That'd be terrible. Those lips. What is with mouths and like CGI characters? Look, I'd rather the turtles be ugly than Sonic because at least the turtles are sewer mutants. At least it makes sense for them to be ugly, you know? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, okay, I, I, I totally... mean at least at least they're they're kind of offering to change the model. Um, Michael Bay didn't offer to change Jack. Well, they did change the whole aliens origin story at the last minute. Oh yeah, yeah. At the look of it, but I don't. I think that movie's getting delayed. It's there's no way they're putting that out in November. I just well, there's two things that's going to happen. It's either getting delayed 
where uh, they actually go back and reanimate, but I don't know how that'd be like financially like a smart option because this, the movie's not going to do well regardless. It's a bad. It looks like a bad movie. I mean, yeah. it, it um, could do. Like, I the only way I could see it would do fine is if there was, like, I'd heard any kid be freaking out about it, but I I haven't heard that at all. I've just heard adults be more upset about it, and the problem is with that is you want that nostalgia. You want someone to go, oh, I love Sonic. I want to take my kids to the Sonic movie, which I kept reading about when that Ninja, Michael Bay Ninja Turtles, I'm not saying that's a good movie, but I was, I read a lot of the box office things saying like they got a lot of families going because they wanted to take their kids to a Ninja Turtle movie. So I think like it, it made enough to warrant a sequel. Yeah. So like, I think with Sonic, <laughs> if you're already upsetting the people who actually are buying the tickets for a kid's movie, it's not really going to work out for you. So I think they um, that's why they're freaking out because they're like they, they basically like they have to get the parents on their side. They don't because the kids don't know Sonic as well. I don't think, you know, like a five or six. So the second option, the second option would be just slightly tweaking the model to a point to where it doesn't break the rig. I mean, I yeah. I just think they're this movie's sort of doomed. I, I don't I don't know. Or they're just going to it's going to sell the gym because that's clearly something they spent a lot of money on is getting him to be 90s Jim Carrey again. Now that that Jim Carrey character is kind of like an amalgam of all of his characters. Yeah. Oh, it's not as yeah, bad as uh, original. Uh, Batman Forever Jim Carrey. It's like, but a little bit. Oh. It's like that <laughs> ridiculousness. But I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. I don't know. I don't think the Sonic movie, I'm, I've never heard. You know what? This might work out. Like, I've never heard that the entire time. It always sounds bad. Well, I mean, uh, I just saw some video that was kind of like early reviews of Detective Pikachu and how it, they were saying how it's the very first really good video game movie and how it broke the curse and all that. Yeah. So. And then Sonic comes here. It's like, we're going to bring the curse back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, oh. I have high hopes for whatever Alex is doing with Mario. Oh, I, I hope that'll be good. Who's Alex? Alex Hirsch. Oh, Alex Hirsch. Okay. Yeah. Wait, he's working on Mario? I didn't know that. I think he's one of the writers, yeah. I think he also worked on Detective Pikachu. Yeah, he did. I think he got... No, I've heard he got... I don't know. He he contributed something to Detective Pikachu, but they didn't use his stuff, supposedly, uh, okay. I think. No. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I thought I heard he was working with Nintendo on the Mario uh, stuff, but maybe yeah. not. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, let's see. Any last questions? Because I, I kind of go to had to go to an appointment later today. Please don't make a reference to your live stream. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, someone asked in our Discord chat. Zach actually asked. I don't know if I'm supposed to reveal that or not. But ask Diego about the voices on the show. Yeah. What about the voices, Diego? Voices. Uh, I do Victor. Um, I didn't hey. want to do Victor. We kind of cycled through a bunch of people. Um, and since this character has been living in my head for almost 20 years, it was kind of faster for me to just do it than to kind of relay what was in my head and try to get anyone else into that place. So I just ended up doing it myself. Um, uh, I really love our voice cast. Um, uh, it's growing every episode. It's we have about maybe almost 40 people in our You have cast. Danny Trejo as um, <laughs> that one guy with uh, that mystic guy. 
I mean, I would have loved to get Danny Trejo, but we asked wait, him, and I think he was busy. Wait, what? That's so. Wait, that's not Danny Trejo. Oh no, no, we we didn't end up getting Danny Trejo. Okay, who voices that one guy with the you know the feather, the white beard? Oh, that's Jorge Gutierrez. Oh, okay. Cause, whoops. Okay, I remember hearing Jorge was gonna do a voice on this show, and I, yeah, whoops. Yeah, that's Jorge. Damn, because I, I swear the raspy voice. I thought that was Danny Trejo. Yeah, no, he, I, yeah, maybe he was channeling some Trejo, but. Oh. How many uh, of the voice cast do? Because do you, I think I read. Maybe I'm. I misread this. But do you do the voice in English and Spanish, or no? Yeah, I do the voice in English and Spanish. Whoa, oh, that's, that's really cool. cool. Just do a lot of the voice cast do that, or or just you? No, just just me. Did you did oh. you also get to? Oh. Sorry if I'm hitting you with a bunch of these, but uh, did you also get to um, cast the Spanish language uh, voices? No, I I mean the 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 Spanish language is done in Mexico, and um, they patch me in, but. I'm the only one here in the States that is doing um, voice. I'm playing Victor in both languages, but every other um, character is done by a Mexican actor. So do you, so, so I'm assuming the Mexican version of the show has a, a different showrunner. So is it kind of weird to be like uh, working on your show, but with someone else like running it over there or how's that well, work? It wouldn't, it wouldn't be a showrunner because what they do is they dub it. It, it would be a, a, um, a voice coach a different voice coach or mm -hmm. um, yeah um no no actually it's it's not um he gives really good notes and he kind of gets the show um yeah and it's it's a pretty easy pretty easy setup yeah. uh -huh. well so that, so there's never like a oh uh do this again but the character's thinking this you'd be like wait i i no, know actually you're right there there was some of that for maybe the first batch of episodes um, but every, everyone's a really quick learner and they kind of, uh, started to predict what I was going to say. Yeah. After that, it was pretty easy. Uh, well, how does, uh, how, how does the voice sound in Spanish? Can you do the voice? <laughs> um, it sounds really good. I'm really excited because one of the characters on the show, Don Jalapeno is voiced by mm -hmm. Humberto Velez, who plays Homer Simpson in, in oh, Spanish. Yeah. yeah. And, mm -hmm. um, Tim, uh, the Simpsons is better in Spanish. If yes, you guys understood Spanish. It, it's mm -hmm. hilarious. Um, but <laughs> I got I lucked out that he said yes to play one of my characters. Um, That's really great. Yeah, I know he dropped out of working on the Simpsons like in the later seasons for some reason for the Spanish yeah. Simpsons. I think it was burnout. Why is that? Oh yeah, Just I guess so. Out. He's been doing that voice forever. But yeah, no, I I lucked out that he liked the show enough to kind of come on it. Um, so he does, mm -hmm. he plays Don Jalapeno, which is one of the main secondary <laughs> characters. Yeah. That's, I need to rewatch in Spanish then. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I think the show is just as good, if not better in Spanish. Yeah. Can you do the voice of the Spanish voice now? Whenever I hear Victor, I just think he sounds like Mexican Eric Cartman. <laughs> and yeah, am I dead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I guess, I don't know. I think this is nearly the end of the podcast, unless any of you guys have any other questions for uh, Diego. No, I'm good. Well, you guys want to wrap this up then? Thanks for having me on. Thank you for yeah, coming. It was really no, thank fun. you for popping in. <laughs> My pleasure. It was fun.
Yeah. Anytime. Maybe we can do it again once the show has been out. Also, shout out to Zach for helping us get yeah. you on here. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Zach. He's awesome. Yeah, we were, I asked him if he wanted to be on, but he said it would be too crowded, so I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm excited for Zach's episodes. Um, we're just putting the finishing touches on the on the one that he first boarded, mm-hmm. which is a complete homage to Castlevania. Ooh. Oh, boy. Oh. Do you mind if I ask, like, what video games you grew up playing? Yeah, no, no. I, um, I kind of only had Nintendo consoles mm-hmm. growing up. So, you know, Mario, Metroid, Zelda, and everything. Did you play the, 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 the Ninja Turtles game? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. How did you not feel betrayed then? Why did it take you so long to get feel betrayed? You know, right? <laughs> you, you're talking about the the first Ultra, the one by Ultra Games, Konami. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, guess so. Hardest fuck one. Damn. Totally. Yeah, that's the one where you just use Donatello and kind of cheat the whole way through. <laughs> but I guess this is the end of the podcast. Who well, are thank you? you guys. I appreciate it. It was, <laughs> it was fun and. Yeah, Uh, we should do it again sometime. Yeah. I'm Pan Pizza. Who are you people? I'm Izzy. I was Jim. R.I.P. Peter Mayhew. And I was Diego Milano. Thank you guys. Goodbye, every pony. Bye. God damn it.